Well, the theme for this whole weekend has really arisen out of a desire to know God better. And we are relating to a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we are seeking to know God better as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through, um, through birds, through a way of looking at the Lord. And we're not quite sure where this came from. I asked about this. Um, we're not sure whether it was Roger and Faith Forster or Watchman Nee. Um, this idea of uh, being able to see Father and Son of, and Holy Spirit as hen, dove, and eagle. Because they have these characteristics that we can relate to, which help us to understand more about what God is like and what his nature is like. So these sessions are based around those three, three different pictures of the Trinity. We started last night with the hen gathering to Christ under his wings, we find refuge. And now this next session is going to be looking at the Holy Spirit, the dove. And we're going to break into two groups. So Abby is going to go with our awesome young people who are in the room for a session that is tailored to you. Um, so you're going to go with Abby and you're going to go with Megan. I believe Megan has the Haribo, so just follow Megan. <laughs> and you can head off to your group. So good to have these guys with us. And that... What a great little emerging generation we've got going on there. Okay, let's welcome Henry. Thanks, Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much for this man. Thank you for his life. Thank you that he has spent years now in pursuit of you, seeking to understand you better, that he may strengthen your church. And now I pray that as he speaks to us, that your anointing would be upon him that he'd be able to share freely that which you've given for him to say. But also, Lord, I pray for us that we would have the ears of disciples. We'd have the ears of those who are hungry to listen. Lord, we want to leave this room changed. And so be amongst us. Amen. Amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. It's great to be together. I, I do love that he managed to just slip in about our run this morning along the cliffs. Yeah, I think genuinely my running pace is slower than my walking pace, but... At least there were a few moments where my feet were <laughs> off the ground. And um, <laughs> it was uh, wonderful to be out there and to just be along these cliffs and in this place where um, we we're able to just be peaceful and really be with the Lord, be in relationship with him more and more deeply. It is fantastic. And as we've already just heard, when we're looking at growing in our relationship with the Lord, we are stepping into a God who already is a relationship. We are stepping into the very presence of God in relationship, inside the love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so often, the way this world has tried to see meeting with God is just as something that goes from one point to the other, and then now and again, from this point, back there. And it's been a backwards and forwards like a bad telephone line like the kind of reception signal that we get around here if you haven't yet managed to log on to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> but actually, the beauty of knowing God, the beauty of being a disciple of Jesus is that you and me step into the love of God, which is an eternal love, which is a forever love, which is a flow and a dynamic of heavenly relationship that has been going for forever. <laughs> And we'll go on for forever. And as a believer, you step into that because of the cross and resurrection of Jesus. 
you are brought in to the beautiful love relationship of the Lord. And it is wonderful. <laughs> and it is amazing. And it is like living in the Father's house at all times. A lot like coming into this house is a really great house. And a room like this where we can make music, but there isn't a really bad acoustic. That's beautiful. I'm sure heaven has fantastic acoustics. <laughs> because it's a place that is full of worship. And the kind of worship which is love and adoration and goodness and blessing that you and me are stepping into. And as we get birdie across this weekend <laughs> and think about birdie stuff, that's a whole nother dimension to the depths of what it means to live within the love relationship of God himself. It sounds an outrageous thing to say, doesn't it? <laughs> as a human being to say, I am at home in God. That's outrageous. <laughs> that's something we don't deserve. That's something no one else could come up with or even create in the most beautiful picture of artistry. You can only get that if you are living within the love of Christ. I am in Christ and Christ is in me and we are in the Father. And as Jesus spends that time in the upper room with the disciples at the end of the book of John, you get massively confused. And I think you're supposed to. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be able to say, I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and Christ is in the Father. So then the Father's in me and then we've got the Holy Spirit that helps us to see all of them. And you're going, okay. <laughs> But the main thing to know is that before any of that has happened, he's got down on his hands and knees and he's washed our feet and said, come on, you're going to be part of this. You're going to be in this love relationship. It's not going to be something that you have to try and understand with John, which let's be honest, until we meet him when Jesus comes again, we're not fully going to get what he was on about. <laughs> but when I do know the sense and deep experience of the Lord washing my feet and setting me free from my sins. I step into a love relationship, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as we look at these beautiful pictures, just to reassure you, they are all biblical. The hen and the dove and the eagle. We didn't make them up in Ichthus, but we just saw them. <laughs> and um, it's amazing that they are existing on all kinds of different layers all kinds of different heights, much as us going up and down the cliffs as we ran this morning. And uh, everyone else was held back by my slow pace. <laughs> but we were going up and we were going down and we were on all kinds of different layers. And as we think about the hen and the dove and the eagle, they all exist on different layers, right? Why does a hen have wings? doesn't really fly anywhere, right? Kind of pointless wings. <laughs> And uh, when I saw the plan for this weekend that we were looking at the hen last night, that's actually my nickname. A lot of people call me hen, um, as short for Henry. So I thought I had to speak last night <laughs> first. And I was like, but I've got to leave worship as well. This is going to be confusing. And then I, I figured it out. <laughs> but apparently, if you live in Glasgow and you call someone hen, you're saying that they're a friendly old woman. So... So in Glasgow, I'm a friendly old woman. Um, but the, <laughs> the key thing about the hen is that the wings are there, but it's an earthbound bird. You with me? And actually, that is such a beautiful picture of Jesus that we were in here last night. The wings are there to speak of the heavenly identity that Jesus has, of the reality of being a bird, yes, in heart and in essence and in design, <laughs> as a bird, but choosing and deciding to be earthbound. And that is the wonder and the power of Jesus, that he has brought heaven to earth and become a human being, and he always will be, even in his resurrection, even in his heavenly home, even 
in the very presence of his Father and the Holy Spirit, he remains a human being forever, remains a priest ministering to the Lord and carrying us in his heart. Those wings are there to show us that, but yet we have the intimacy of right now, we are the chicks hiding <laughs> under the shadow of those wings, wings that he's decided to not use for flying, but for use for faithfulness, not for soaring, but for surrounding. Isn't that great news? <laughs> and then as we look at the other two, you've got an eagle, an eagle which loves to go up and up and up. And I've, I've never, never ridden an eagle before. I'm not sure I ever will, but I have seen Lord of the Rings and they get to ride on big eagles. <laughs> but there is a whole nature of the fact that they love to go up and to go up and they ride on these thermals and they take their experience, they take their life to a kind of height that, that not many other things get to. And there is a soaring and there is a presiding and there is a watching and there is an attacking when it's needed. And my friends, that is the heart of the Father that you're going to come to in the next session. But again, the very picture of the cross is right there. That our Father in heaven, in soaring and looking and watching and loving his creation, saw, I need to deal with sin. I need to deal with the darkness. I'm going to attack it in the power of my Son. And it's going to be dealt with once and for all. And it has been in the cross of Jesus. Does anyone say hallelujah in Totnes? <laughs> That's the attack. That's the effect. That's the journey of the eagle. Let's put that on one side because when we think about the Holy Spirit, I want us to start to get in our minds that this is a bird that's somewhere between those two. You with me? A dove, the dove of the Holy Spirit, probably the bird you were most sure about was biblical, <laughs> is the dove of the Holy Spirit. You know that because it's in all four of the Gospels. The baptism of Jesus and the dove being mentioned as resting on Jesus as he was baptized is there in all four of the gospels and this is not a bird that stays down <laughs> but it's also not a bird that soars high it's just around head height <laughs> this is a bird that enjoys being there and presiding over and just alighting where it's welcome alighting where there is peace alighting where there is a welcome for that dove to be there and that's what I want us to dig into today for a few minutes. It's so, so important to have that understanding of the Holy Spirit in relation to being connected to God on the ground as one of us. Yeah, you're with me? A grounded God and a heavenly God and a God who is filling up everything in between in the dove of the Holy Spirit. You could say in this moment of Jesus being baptized, that the whole of the Trinity, Trinity is getting involved there, right? The Son is being baptized as a demonstration of what it might mean for... Wait, did you see that? Um, <laughs> what it might mean for us to uh, <laughs> be a human being here on the earth. And then the Father speaking his voice about how much he loves this Jesus. And then the dove of the Holy Spirit coming and resting on Jesus. Giving us a sign, giving us an image, giving us an understanding that that anointing that rested upon Jesus to live in total security of identity, total fruitfulness, total energy to change this world for good. That's the same Holy Spirit that can rest on you and me. Amen. Does anyone want to live in a greater place of peace with God? <laughs> Is there anyone here who wants to see their identity more and more transformed to be like Jesus? I want that for 2023. When we're back here in Lee Abbey at this time next year, we want to say my identity in Christ has been more and more shaped and crafted by the Holy Spirit this year. I've come to a place of more peace and stillness and wholeness in God. And that dove really enjoys resting on me. I'm not twitching <laughs> and flicking and 
getting antsy <laughs> and, and, and running to do this and that because I think it might please my father. We've been changed. We've been brought to a greater place of peace and stillness in the Lord. And he wants to encourage us in that. And the beautiful angles that we have right through all these Gospels give us all kinds of different understandings for that. The, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, where we see this baptism of Jesus, it says that the dove was lighting upon Jesus. I like that word, lighting upon Jesus. He was able to see Jesus and say, that's a place that I want to dwell. He was able to look and say, this is a human being that isn't like the other human beings. <laughs> Doesn't look a lot like someone who's bound up with religion. There was a lot of those around in Jesus' time. <laughs> Doesn't look like someone who's violent and military and wants to oppress people by nailing them to crosses. It doesn't look like that. Doesn't look like the kind of person who's just putting their head down and saying, I want to just try and get through the day. Jesus doesn't look like that. The lighting of the Holy Spirit is to see here is Jesus who is looking at this world. Here is Jesus who's going to live in this world in a way that says, there must be something better. I want to open my eyes and open my hands and open my heart. And I challenge you, as a church, as a congregation, as a whole movement of Ichthus across this whole country, let's all of us say, Lord, in 2023, let our hands, our eyes, and our hearts be open to the Lord changing this world by the power of his spirit. Are you with me? There's enough. We've had enough time of Christians doing things without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's been so many efforts and so many things and so many projects and so many hours that people have slogged trying to do things for the Lord without knowing that lighting of the Holy Spirit. And it can do so much good, but it can only do so much good <laughs> because you need the power of the Holy Spirit to see lives transformed. And that is the lighting of the Holy Spirit. If your hands are just gripped around trying to hold on to what you think you can do, the dove cannot light upon your life. If your hands are open to say, Lord, what you've given me to do today, the people around me, those that I live with, my family, my workmates, my next door neighbor who's really irritating. Either you hold on to your parking space and say, no, these are the issues you have in SE6. <laughs> or you open your hands and you say, bless you, by all means park there, even though I know you only live on the other street. And this should be mine. <laughs> but be blessed. <laughs> Let our hands be open to the lighting of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at Mark in more detail, but it is um, a powerful and, and dynamic entrance of the dove of the Holy Spirit that happens in Mark. But before we get there, let's just think about Luke as well. It gives us another angle. It says that Jesus, while he was praying, it was that the dove came down. Whereas Matthew is emphasizing the dove lighting upon this, this open-hearted Jesus who is demonstrating peace with God. Actually, what Luke is giving is that the Holy Spirit is interested in people who are going to pray and who are going to talk with God. And if you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's pretty obvious <laughs> that you want to be talking to the Lord. You want to be in prayer with the Lord and stirring your life in a place that is talking to him. And my friends, again, this is the beauty of living in a relationship with a relational God. Amen. The New Testament teaches us that the Holy Spirit wants to pray through our lives, wants to fill our hearts. It was a beautiful moment in here as we were singing in tongues last night. Did everyone enjoy that? <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> Fantastic. Beautiful to be able to sing in that flow of the Spirit, to prophesy, to allow a fresh song of life to, to flow out of your life like a stream, right? 
It was fantastic. Someone at the back started trying to record it in audio <laughs> because it was something so beautiful to hear because it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. Actually, the dynamic of prayer and conversation has been moving between the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son to back to the Spirit to the Holy Spirit and all of those ins and outs and round and rounds and ups and downs and triangular shaped things. And when we as believers open our hearts to pray, we join in in that conversation and that flow. Are you with me? And when we're singing and we're worshiping and we're praising the Lord beyond the songs that we can write and it becomes the songs that spring out of us, we are involved in that beautiful flow of love, relationship, and worship in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? We taste heaven in those moments, and that's what Luke is hinting at. And um, when you get to John, just to finish the, the line there, is that it talks about the dove remaining upon Jesus. It says that the Holy Spirit came out of heaven, the heavens were opened, but the dove remained upon Jesus. And that is so, so key for our life in the Holy Spirit. That's so, so key. That's why these images are so helpful as we think about how the Lord wants to communicate who he is. It is the remaining of that dove. I don't know, has anyone ever done the kind of thing where you have a bird come and sit on you or rest? Has anyone ever done that? I saw it once with the kind of falcon sort of thing. Terrifying, my goodness. I wanted to run away from that. I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to watch that. I won't actually do it. (laughs) They had like bits of meat and they were sort of chucking it. Have you seen all that? But you've done it, my word. Terrifying. (laughs) But there is something about the people who do it and the way that they hold themselves that they are clearly better than I (laughs) and that they're not terrified. (laughs) There's me going, oh, my word, it's going to peck my nose off. They have a way of holding and moving, and then they start walking, and they can take the bird here and there and whatever, and there is a relationship with the bird. Are you with me? You see what God is saying here in the book of John, which is let's not just get excited about the moment when you got saved or the moment when you got filled with the Spirit or the moment when you had a great time at Lee Abbey in 2023. Oh my, I want want us to have deep in our hearts an excitement about carrying that dove of the Holy Spirit in a remaining way. Amen. I'm not talking about a pirate that has a a parrot on his shoulder, (laughs) but it's something like that, (laughs) which is to say... My identity, my way of walking, my way of moving is going to have such a peace and such a blessing when I go into a room, when I arrive in my workplace, when I spend time talking to someone who is troubled or in a mess, when I pray in the evenings, when I fall out of bed in the mornings. Let there be such a place of peace and rest within my heart and life that the dove is able to remain with me. Amen. Not in fear that I need to hide from the Lord. Not in fear that I need to hide away because something might go wrong. Because there's things that I'm ashamed of. But knowing that with the Lord Jesus, there is no more shame. Amen. There is no more condemnation. Amen. There is no more curse over our lives. Because on the cross, Jesus took it all away from us. And actually a walking in peace and rest in the Lord is for us 24-7. Amen. We want to have that remaining upon our lives that's what John has to tell us but I want to come back to Mark if that's all right and out of here the dove of the Holy Spirit um, begins in chapter 1 and uh, and verse 9 I'll read it now in those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan and immediately coming up out of the water he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him and a voice came out of the heavens you are my beloved son 
In you I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. It's what you've got to love about the book of Mark. It's very exciting. (laughs) It's very dynamic. You get the impression of Mark writing it like, come on, let's get this down. All the exciting stuff, bang, 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 bang. None of the fluffy stuff that you get in Luke, you know. None of the confusing philosophy that you get in John. Let's just nail it. (laughs) Because what he wants to get written, what he wants to communicate with us is that in this moment, Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit being poured out on his life, this declaration that you are my beloved son and you I'm well pleased, that this is a turning point. This is a new era beginning for the human race where the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us without measure, without limit, and without ever being withdrawn. Is that good news? Is that good news? (laughs) He said in verse 8 as well, I baptize you with water, this is John speaking, but he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We're going to come to that in a moment because this, this whole image, this whole demonstration of a dove that is coming to rest upon our lives is a, it's important to, it's called the law of the first mention. It's important to get hold of the fact that this dove and this image, the Lord speaking in that way, is taking hold of the dove way back in Genesis 8 that Noah has. And when there's a flood, when there is a baptism and a purging of the whole world going on, he has a dove in his hand in the ark, and he sends it out to go and see, is the land starting to be seen again? Is there any hope for this time to be over? And a dove is sent out by Noah. We can turn back there for a moment, if you like. Let's go to Genesis and, uh, and chapter 8. We'll just start in, um, in verse 8. We'll just go to verse 12. He sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. And then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. And so he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening. And behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. And then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove. But she did not return to him again. When you read these words, they're so often thought of as Sunday school words, right? <laughs> they're so often thought of as this is, a really, this is a really good story. It's really helpful. But when you get into it and start to see that the Lord is using this experience to explain himself, to explain his Holy Spirit, to invite us to be in that relationship, what's so special is you can see, um, you know, the way that it is written. It's almost like Noah and this dove have a relationship together. Can you hear that? Can you see that? And again, I really, as you hear these words in the New Testament, as you hear about the dove that the Father sends upon Jesus, there is this tenderness of relationship. I love that. At the end of verse 9, he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. And as we get deeper now into that meaning of the Holy Spirit resting on our lives, like this dove, there is this sense of the Lord giving something to us that is incredibly precious. The gift and the life of the Holy Spirit is something incredibly precious. The flow of the Holy Spirit as a river or as a mighty wind seems endless and open and never-ending, and it is never-ending, but yet that doesn't change the very beautiful, precious nature of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? 
It's so hard for us to understand that kind of thing in the way that our world is working in these days where the amount of something that you use or not, don't use is thought about so carefully, right? Everyone's carefully working out exactly how they're monitoring their boiler and their heating at the moment. Is that right? People are quite aware of which petrol station has which price for their particular type of petrol that they need. <laughs> People are working out exactly the value and also the amount. How much am I going to use and how much is it going to cost? But actually, when we come into the currency of the Lord, when we come into the way that the Lord is looking at his Holy Spirit at work in our lives, he says, the price tag is high <laughs> and the availability is high. The amount it's going to cost me to let my son die on the cross and open up the way for my Holy Spirit to be poured out upon the human race without measure, that is a cost higher than you could ever know. But the amount that is available of this power of the Holy Spirit for the human race, it has no limit. Does anyone say hallelujah in Totnes? <laughs> we cannot understand these in our terms these days, am I right? Where we think about such limitation, use as little as you can, get as cheap a price as you can. When we think about the life of the Holy Spirit and what the Lord is saying through this dove that comes and lights and rests and wants to be with us all in his beautiful Holy Spirit life, my friends, it is more precious than anything else but it is more available than anything else. <laughs> Poured out without limit upon our lives. And it is really powerful that what we're talking about here is the baptism of Jesus being submerged under the water as a sign that we're going to follow in as we get baptized. We go into a death and rise up in newness of life. And then Noah has a dove that he sends out and comes back. And in the baptism of Jesus, it's a dove that's poured out. The Lord is so keen for us to understand it in these terms. And what I want to say and what I want us to get hold of in these moments is the dove that is sent from heaven, which then comes and rests on Jesus, is the Father saying, do you know what? This world is under a flood of mess, is under a flood of sin. Am I right? We often look at the world these days and say, wow, it's terrible. There's a terrible lot of mess. You read the news. Well, then you decide, I'm not going to read the news <laughs> because there's so much pain. It does feel like there is a flood of evil. It feels like there's a flood of darkness. It feels like there's a flood going on in our lives. And to be honest, the, the, the news I've got for you is that I think it's felt like that for a lot of people for a lot of years. I think if you're the Father God who is an eagle who can see the whole human race even before there was an internet, even before there was even a telephone or a postal service even, <laughs> he was able to see it all. And as he saw a violent Roman empire that would kill without any conscience, it seemed like a flood. And actually, as he sends the dove out of heaven, there is one place that is standing up out of the water. There is one place that is sticking up. And the fact that it's a tree is one of God's favorite ways of talking about human beings, that we are all like trees. <laughs> and as he sends this dove out of heaven, the dove finds the tree which is standing, which is not hidden and drowned under that flood. And his name is Jesus. Is that good news? This beautiful symbol, right? This sense of the dove is sent out of heaven and the Lord saying, is there any hope in this world under this flood of evil that is there? And yes, that hope is Jesus standing up out of the waters. And as he looks across his world three years after this, and he says, hey, there's about 120 of them gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem. They are, because of Jesus, standing up out of the flood waters. I want to give my Holy Spirit to them too. Amen. 
Wow, tongues of fire and anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Again, those are just more doves. <laughs> finding the tree, finding the people who have put their roots into the truth, put their roots into his good news, and they are standing up outside of the evil. Are there more than 120 believers in the world today? I think there are. <laughs> How many of them are standing up? A lot of them. How many of them are in Iran at the moment, the fastest growing church in the world? Do you think being a Christian in Iran involves standing up out of the evil and the mess? Yeah, I think it does. Do you think they're growing because they're forced to stand up and can't be a Christian that just lies down and enjoys a YouTube-led faith? They are Christians who have to stand up, who believing in Jesus means I'm going to carry my cross. I'm going to carry the tree of the cross. That's going to be my identity. They're standing up. Are we going to stand up? Are we going to let the dove of the Holy Spirit come and rest on us? Are we going to stand up out of the evil and say, I'm not going to remain in that place? You know, there are so many believers who rejoice in the fact that the flood of evil across the world no longer affects their lives, but they remain crouched down. They're not a tree, they're a shrub. <laughs> and my friends, it is amazing spending time with people in this place who are hungry for the Holy Spirit. I've been on lots of church weekends away, and the time we had last night receiving and being prayed for is usually what happens on the Saturday night. But actually last night, there was this sense of everyone stepping out with a hunger and a thirst for the Holy Spirit. A hunger and a thirst to say, I want to receive. I want to drink deeply. I want to know the power of the Holy Spirit on my life. And I feel so excited. I want to prophesy over you and over your town of Totnes that you would be the kind of people who stand up when others are drowning all around you. And you say, come on, let the Holy Spirit rest on my life. Come and be part of it. The Lord longs for people who are going to be trees planted by streams of living water who have the dove of the Holy Spirit living in them, we could get very carried away and confused in these metaphors. But <laughs> let me encourage you, as people together, let the roots of your life be deeply planted in the Lord. Amen. Let his spirit live within you and be alive within you. And you will see many saved out of the flood. Amen. Be a place, be a household of peace where people can come in and know his life. There was a... Um, Amazing time at uh, Revive 18 months ago. And um, a woman called Ruth came along with us from Belvedere Congregation in sunny South London. And she had joined the church because of something we'd done during lockdown. We created little postcards. And the little postcards said, can we help? Just that. Can we help? And can we pray? And we said, look, you can write anything you need help with or you need prayer for on this card. And then come and stick it through the, uh, the postbox at the church. All right? So we put these around all the streets around us, probably about 300 homes that are really close and would know exactly where we were. And, um, and Ruth wrote on there, she said, I'm in real danger. I really uh, need help. I really need prayer. I really need to talk to someone. And then she wrote, she said, I haven't got a phone. He smashed my phone. Here's my email address. And she had the most terrible handwriting. So that there was a letter that could have been an H, <laughs> could have been an N, could have been, I don't know. But we tried them all with the H and the N and a P and I can't remember which one it actually turned it out being but it was the way that you spelled her surname and um and we managed to get through to her and we managed to find that actually she was virtually living opposite the church building and uh Lydia my wife who, who now leads Belvedere congregation she went to spend time with her her name is Ruth and began to talk and began to pray and began to help her through these things the levels of evil and mess that she was oppressed with was just so horrible. It not, only, not only was it the man who she was in a relationship with at that point, but 
things going back into her own past. And she was someone who was frantic with the energy of trying to get through the day, trying to do what was needed for her kids. She worked in hotels, did long shifts until one in the morning, and she was wired with energy of trying to get through the day. And, um, but we, uh, we said to her, hey, come round to the church on this Wednesday afternoon. We're going to be getting all the camping stuff out of the loft ready for revive. And uh, we knew she's not the kind of person who can sit and talk because she's too wired with fear and, uh, and worry for her life. So she came and she helped us dragging the tents down and the camping stove and the gas canisters and the fire pit. We have the biggest fire pit you've ever seen. It's amazing. You could probably camp in it if that wasn't dangerous. And she got so excited about it. And then she saw an apron. And this apron um, said something like, you know, I'm doing this for Jesus on the front or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But when she saw the apron, she was like, oh, wow. Do you cook where you're camping as well? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the kitchens and you've got a gazebo and it's all good. It's all good fun. And um, so she took the apron. She said, right, I'm coming to Revive. I'm wearing this apron and I'm going to cook with you on the campsite. And we were like, brilliant. You're so welcome. Not a believer in Jesus at all at this point, but along she comes. <laughs> and, uh, and we spend half the week together. Um, but actually on the, on the second day at Revive, what we always have on the Sunday night is a time to receive the Holy Spirit. Time to pray for people to be renewed in their filling with the Holy Spirit. And this, that particular evening is, is so, um, it's so different every year. There's always a different way that the Lord is moving and, and filling people with his Spirit. And um, this lady, Ruth, she came and she was sitting next to Lydia and was being prayed for. And then, um, and then uh, Abby and, and Lydia were praying for her together. And they just had their hands on her shoulder in this kind of way, you know, just right here for Ruth, just praying that she would be filled with the Spirit. And then again, just singing in tongues over her life for her to receive from the Lord. And um, she could feel this, this hand and this resting on her shoulder. And, um, and she just sat there for about half an hour. And she thought that they were there the whole time. <laughs> but actually, they'd only been there about five minutes. <laughs> but that hand on her shoulder, in fact, I think it was two hands on her shoulders, remained there the whole time. And she could feel the presence of God in being prayed for. Now, she had to get back. She had a shift on the Tuesday. So on the Monday afternoon, she had to get on a train back from Ashburn and back up to London. And uh, as she was in the car, in the station car park afterwards, she said, explained this to Lydia, said what had happened, and um, that she'd realized that that kind of hand of God was, was on her life. And she said, what, what do I do? And, and Lydia said, you know, it, it's time to, to believe in Jesus. So she led her to the Lord in the car park there, <laughs> just before she got on the train back to London. And um, it was the most beautiful, most wonderful Holy Spirit-involved conversion <laughs> I think I've ever heard of because there was this deep sense of all that stress, all that energy, all that anxiety for her, which for many people just stays inside their life and they shut themselves behind a closed door. But for her, it meant running around and running around and trying to get through the day. For some of us, maybe it's a mixture of the two. But what she found was a deep peace with God through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord for his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord that we can be the kind of people who then stand up for him. Ruth was back with us for the whole week at Revive this year, 2022. And, uh, and she just loved it. She said at the end of the week, she started to join the, uh, the, the team with my children, which was the campaign to make Revive two weeks long. Because <laughs> she loved this sense of resting in God's peace and in his presence. But also there was just that really deep and simple sense of her finding that that dove of the Holy Spirit can be with us and with us and with us. 
Amen. We could stay and keep sharing around these things for a long, long time. But I want to encourage you in this place. I want to encourage you in your life. I want to challenge you this year to start to make a place of awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life. To say, I want that dove. I want that dove in my life. I want that dove through every experience that I go through. We can see how much the Lord is drawing them out of this flood of evil. Drawing the human race out of that flood of evil. More and more people are being drawn into that every day across this world. And we want to be part of seeing that happen. And perhaps, perhaps for some of us, what that is going to mean is standing up and being one who stands up where we are. It might mean being on our own in that situation for a little while. What I'd really love to do is really pray now. Take some time to pray for anyone where the thought of standing up for Jesus within the situation I'm in, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in serving even with the church, whether it's being afraid at the thought of standing out for him. I'd love to pray for us. I wonder if there is a really gifted pianist called Simon who's going to play for us. <laughs> and um, let's, just, let's just be quiet for a moment. And again, I want to just ask you to, again, just shut your eyes and just be in that place, just as we've talked about God's absolute commitment to us as the human race is that he became one of us in such a way that he will never leave being a human being. His faithfulness to us is enormous. Just encourage you now in that place. Just begin to speak out your thanks to Jesus. Just thank him for his faithfulness. Come on, just use your own words. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your commitment, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you use your wings to spread over us and not to soar away. Even when, Lord Jesus, you didn't want to take the cup, you took it. Even when you didn't want to go to the cross, you did it because of your faithful, faithful love towards us. We praise you for that today. Just encourage you, just bring before the Lord the places where your feet stand. Maybe it's on the bit of carpet under your desk. Maybe it's in the field you work in. Maybe it's in your workshop. Maybe it's in your office or your shop or your home, your church, your street, whatever it is. Just picture your feet. They are not standing on those streets and on the mud and the mess of this world. They are standing firm upon Jesus. And Lord, with our feet firmly upon you, firmly established in your faithfulness, Lord, we just declare, Lord, that you see that you are high and lifted up. You are an eagle that soars above us. Lord, and you are able to see the lives of those that we struggle with, the lives of those who oppress us. Lord, you're able to see the atmosphere and the situations that we find ourselves in. Lord, I pray for any in this room where home life is a place of strife or conflict or non-peace. Lord, we now just welcome, Lord, the dove of your spirit, Lord, in right now. In Jesus' name. We say it all belongs to you, Lord. We want your hand, we want your dove, we want your presence, Lord, in every moment. Amen. Thanks, Henry.
So I add to those prayers as well. That, that idea of being somewhere where the Holy Spirit loves to alight. I love that. Lord, I'm hungry to be someone who you love to settle upon. I love the idea of walking into a room and carrying that peace that's just resting upon me. That people sense your presence as I come into their sphere of influence. I just love the idea. So for all of us that are, we just love that. We just love to be one of your favorite resting places. A peace carrier. Lord, we just make that request to you known right now before we move on. Shape my life in such a way that you love to land upon me all the time. And send me out from this place as a, a carrier of your spirit in a new way. And I ask this in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen.